No, Lex, you've got it all wrong. Look, she's got to be playing some kind of game. She has to be. Well, we don't know what that game's called. You've got no proof of that, Ebony. Bray, you're such a boy scout. Didn't you see the way he was looking at her? As if he owned her? What more proof do you need than that? So what? She's playing him for a sucker. It's got to be some kind of game. The only thing Tysan is planning is how to look after number one. That treacherous, backstabbing traitor. She has betrayed us all. Everything we're fighting for. And they are both going to pay for it. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 25 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 25, the screenplay was done by Charles Hodges. We have a new director with Andrew Merrifield. And the episode synopsis were read out by Liz. The rebels argue over the loyalties of Tysan, who enlists May's help to get a message of reassurance to Lex. A guilty Alice seeks news of Selene, who leans on Luke for comfort, while Luke himself tries to locate Ellie to talk about what happened between them. I just want to start with saying the new director, you can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can I have to give this episode props because this took me back to season one in the direction alone. I, I was really taken aback at the visuals, the camera angles, and even just the staging, how much thought was put into it. And it just really took me back to season one. Yeah, you can immediately tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, somebody really enjoyed what they were doing. And there's just so many thoughtful staging that's happening and it just i was like i haven't seen this in a really long time just even the lighting when was the last time you saw the mall lit at night you know just the, the eye lighting the, the the fact that it feels like it's lit yeah. by candlelight and the solar lights and it felt dark it, i was like oh my gosh it has been so long mm-hmm. since they've done this and there were just like some clever wide shots and the just the camera moving from one quiet conversation to another in the space again a season one staple like I, I i was really impressed i was like there must be a new director because and as soon as i saw it on the notes i was like yup that explains it mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy came in swinging like cameron like you go <laughs> yeah and we even got some nice little you know like new parts of the mall we hadn't seen before oh, at God, least yeah, not we'll in this setting <laughs> <laughs> And then outdoors. It seems to be growing. <laughs> yeah. It's like Mary Poppins' handbag, you know? <laughs> what you wind legs up like that for? I was telling the truth. Why should I lie? I'm not asking you to. I'm just asking you to think about what you're doing to his head. Look, I am thinking. Tysan dumped him, and the sooner he gets over it, the better. Yeah, well, you got no proof of that, Ebony. Look, it's obvious you took the better off her. End of story. Yeah, well, do me a favor, okay? Don't assume that everybody operates the same way you do. So yeah, panel, let's focus on that first of all. Um, what do you think of their general distrust of Tai San? And like, what I found kind of strange is that we didn't actually get to see the ceremony itself. Uh, yeah, what did you make of that? Uh, I really start? wish we did. 
I really wish we got to see her doing that. that you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's an important moment. I don't understand why that was cut. I, I'd rather have had that than some of the other little bits of scenes we get, like with the kids. And you know, it's just it's an important scene. <laughs> it shouldn't have been omitted. I agree with you guys. I would have liked to see her actual say what needs to be said, so that we can know what Lex actually heard. Um, but given where they, the way the direction has been in this episode and even the writing and what it's focused on, it seems to be much more focused on the reactions to what's happening, mm -hmm. how people are actually feeling about stuff rather than just what's happening, which I'm going to applaud them because for so long they were only focused on this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Mm -hmm. And there was really no regard given to, but how is this affecting everybody? And um, so we are forced to interpret whatever Tyson must have said by the reactions of the people who heard it. Uh, it's a creative choice, but I, if I had to choose between just seeing her do it or getting to see how it's affecting everybody else, I would choose seeing how it's affecting everybody else. That's just me. No, that's a very good point. The reactions are better than just getting to see what she did. And reactions in itself aren't that odd to be, you know? It's, of course, Lex is mad. As he mentions later, his wife publicly divorced him. Of course he's upset about that. And I get Ebony's reasoning. Her just looking out for number one. That's, you know, from her point of view, she's just thinking, what would I do? Mm. And her whining Lex up while it's a hobby. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their reactions are, have everything to do with who they are and the way they see the world and the sort of things they would do. Lex has trouble trusting people. He knows that sexually he can't be trusted. And he knows he's married to a beautiful woman. So the minute that another guy is in the picture, he, his assumption is, of course he wants to bang my wife. He's not wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, that's where his brain goes. And, you know, his assumption that she... And there are people who think, you ever met someone who's, like, jealous of your, your friend? And they're like, because I know they like you. And it's like, yeah, but... If you trusted me, you wouldn't care if they liked me because you trust that mm -hmm. I won't do anything about it. And that's something they struggle with. Like there are a lot of people mm -hmm. who just like, I know I trust you. I just don't trust them, you know? And it's like, yeah, but the decision's in my hands. You shouldn't be worried about it. I think Lex is one of those people where it's like, if <laughs> that was a conversation between him and Tysan, he'd be like, no, I trust you. I just don't trust him. And she'd be like, yeah, but if you trusted me, you wouldn't be worried about it or whatever, you know? And then, of course, like you said, Ebony only looks out for, you know, she, that's what she does. So she's just like, well, sure, that's exactly what Tysan's doing, you know? Like, why wouldn't she do that? It's the logical yeah. choice in her mind. And then, of course, Bray. Bray is the opposite of both of them. Bray does, he's not usually a devious person he's usually coming from a good place well-intentioned and he has a friendship with tyson he trusts his friend he wants to give her the benefit of the doubt and he's just like why can't the rest of you you know and also i think he's trying to keep things from spiraling out of control mm -hmm. <laughs> like we yeah. can't focus on that you know what i mean like yeah, but I, I, I think, it's, yeah, it says a lot about who they are. Because to get out of, you know, the upper hand in a situation like this, I don't think Bray would go for, okay, let's sleep with the enemy. Whereas both Lex and Ebony would absolutely, if not consider, then more start and suggest it <laughs> themselves. So them not trusting her, yeah. There's a scene later that makes me wonder 
if this situation between Lex and Tysan, seeing Lex so upset, seeing this, what could be definitely construed as open, you know, betrayal by his wife, if it is digging up his own insecurities about Amber, because we will see a scene later in the episode where he's thinking about her and you're kind of like, where's that coming from? I wonder if, you know, watching this play out is poking at his own insecurity about his girlfriend. You know, could he trust her if their situations were similar? He, you know, and, and of course that will come to fruition later that, you know, Bray does have trust issues when it comes to Amber. Well-founded trust issues, but they're there, you know? <laughs> and um, so it, it's, it, there's like a nice, there's a nice nuance in this. And it is, it feels mm -hmm. like a conversation fueled by who they are as people. That's an interesting point. Uh, mm. <laughs> like that flashback to Abby, I didn't, I didn't really connect it with um, the conversation from before, but yeah, that's a good point. It's playing up Bray's own insecurities with Amber mm -hmm. and him wanting to be able to trust her. So he's, that's what he's giving to Lex. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just uh, I agree with you all about all the points about um, the reactions rather than seeing this. It's a bit annoying that we don't get many scenes of the Chosen themselves. Um, and what they do and how they do things and it's just another piece missing that I feel just kind of feel like we should we should get something just something about them <laughs> and this was quite important to have and we just didn't get it they had a good 10 to 12 episodes that they could have dedicated to showing us everything about the chosen operation before mm. we switch to this point of view of watching what the rebels are going to do about them they wasted mm. those episodes yeah. You know what I mean? So now the focus is no longer on how the Chosen operate. The focus is on how we're going to bring them down, how we're going to rip them apart. Mm -hmm. And so, no, we are not going to get those 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 scenes anymore. They wasted the time <laughs> where they could have given yeah. us those scenes. So it's a shame, but it's what's mm -hmm. done is done. This is where we are now. The, this is like the whole point with not seeing enough of the Chosen. For me, that's the one reason I would actually want another book from Harry, like we had with Birth of the Mole Rats, I would want a chosen one of that, just so we could see what on earth is going on, on that side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as long as it's Harry writing yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, because that, that was the fun part of the Birth of the Mole Rats one, you wrote, that we saw some of the things that didn't get to happen on screen. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm. So something like that is... That's still on my long-term wish list. If they ever do bring something like that out, I would love a view into the Chosen like that. Just to fill in those gaps. Yeah. Is this some kind of pip talk or something? Sort of. It's not your fault there's a war out there. Or hers. In a war, people do whatever they can to survive. I mean, it's no big deal. Now that's where you're wrong. Oh, come on. How many medals for monogamy would you win? That's different. It's got nothing to do with this. How? How is that different? Because I'm a man and we have needs. Oh, and we don't? Get real, Lex. Yeah, panel. We all know <laughs> Lex's <laughs> feelings and sentiments about infidelity. But yeah, what do you make of Ebony approaching him and Lex's thoughts? She was absolutely stirring, but she has a point. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Why would it be worse... For Tyson to do than it would have would be if you know Lex would do some, something similar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look at Ebony fighting uh, sexism. Go girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 um, 
I love both of these moments so much. I love the conversation between Bray and Lex. I love the conversation between Lex and Ebony. I love the conversation between Bray and Ebony. These are just some solid moments. The lighting is gorgeous. The framing of the shots are really beautiful. Um, Again, just took me right back to season one where the focus was Mm -hmm. on these characters and how they feel and how they're trying to just survive and deal. And again, it reminds you, like this is this nice focus tightens up. We're dealing with kids and how they see the world and how small their view of the world is. And they're just trying to do the best with what tools they have. They don't have a full tool belt, you know, and I like that we were brought back to that, you know, rather than just kids playing at being grownups. Um, Ebony, this conversation with Lex is so interesting because she seems genuinely sincere in her thoughts, like she actually is trying to be like, dude, just chill, you know, trying to make him see it from a different point of view. Like if your wife has taken that road to sleep with this guy to protect herself or to take, get an advantage, it is definitely more valid than you sleeping with someone because you're bored. You know what I mean? Um, and also trying to like get him to see it from a point of view of like, it doesn't mean anything just like it doesn't mean anything for you. It's just war. She's, you know, it sucks for both of you. Mm-hmm. It's neither of your fault. You're in the situation. It's not fair to hold this grudge against her. But at the same time, I'm like, how sincere is it? Because she clearly is stirring the pot. She, you know what I mean? Like the way she ends that conversation with him, you're just like, oh, she has lit a fire under his butt. So he'll go do the one thing she knows Bray doesn't want him to do. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's such a complex ebony moment. And I love it because we haven't had one from her in a while. And I was like, oh, there she is. There's my girl. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about her and Bray's conversation because, um, again, mm. they, they've been so sloppy with Ebony that I'm just like, are, okay, are, <laughs> you're mad because Bray is being more sensitive to Lex's feelings than he's been to yours. Um, but it's like, Ebony, you, you told everyone his girlfriend was dead and left her for dead on a mountain. <laughs> um, <laughs> And even Bray, even him going, are we still on that? Because I'm like, yeah, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Really, Ebony, we're bringing this up now? Your feelings are hurt? That he's he's being so supportive of Lex, and he he hasn't been that way with you? Like, really? (sighs) It is odd how she just skipped over the whole Amber thing. It went to what happened back in season two with them, and it's like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, was, you didn't really think about Bray's feelings at all, did you? <laughs> right, you know. Um, I think this could have been very great if they had just done a little better with Ebony. Um, this could have been definitely exposing her isolation because of how she treats people. She finds herself in a very lonely place. There aren't people there to comfort her or care about her feelings. You know what I mean? And uh, but they haven't. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like really. No, come on! It, not the time to make this about you and him, and, <laughs> and any bad blood because he he still has all the reason to hate you, and he's moved on. So just let it go, Ebony. That dead horse is it can't get any deader. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky he let it, he's let it go. Like, come on, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that that point in short of oh, your leader for now is like Ebony. Oh, come on, <laughs> it's not the time. <laughs> Kudos to the writer for at least trying to delve deeper into Ebony's psyche and remembering that she's actually a person and not a plot device for your Mm -hmm. drama. I I appreciate that. It's not your fault that what has been written for her 
this just doesn't stand out because of what came before. But kudos. Somebody actually cared enough to want to remember season two Ebony, season one Ebony, how she's been written, who she is as a human being, and her conflict mm -hmm. of emotions. It just doesn't pan out because they've done a really sloppy job with her this season, you know? So their efforts, yeah. I appreciate their efforts, but they're kind of for not in this scene. <laughs> I just feel like Bray, like, really? <laughs> are, are we doing this again? <laughs> and nobody is surprised at Lex's uh, thoughts on infidelity. Nobody. Nope. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us, <laughs> I don't think any of us even care about his thoughts. They're ridiculous. We know that. Mm -hmm. And, but it's true to him. And I love that Ebony calls him out on it. And, uh, yeah, it's just very true yeah. to Lex. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, well, she's been in a bad way for ages. It could have been any of us. It's not a crime to be honest with someone, even if they don't like what you have to say. Exactly. It's not as if you pushed her down the stairs. <laughs> she had it coming to her. Shut up, Ned. Well, I feel sorry. She's one of them. She was one of us first. And she's pregnant in case you've forgotten. So what? She's still a chosen, isn't she? Okay, yeah, panel. Uh, what do you think of Alice's guilt, uh, the other characters' viewpoints, and is Ned right that Selena's a chosen and had it coming? I don't think he's right that anybody has this coming. Selena hasn't, you know what I mean? Nothing she's done is, I just don't think he's right in that. But I do think he has a point. If you guys are saying this, these things about the chosen, if your attitude about the chosen is that they're evil, then why do you care that your chosen friend has had this hardship fall upon her? That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. You guys are all talking about honesty and opinions. That's my opinion. I thought that was okay. I thought we weren't supposed to like these chosen. You know what I mean? Is it helpful? No. But it does make Ned feel like a human being, which is the, this is the best writing we've gotten for him so far. Mm -hmm. And it's just in a few sentences of him feeling like a genuine person, you know, giving his point of view in this conversation. Maybe he thought this is his way of saying, hey, don't worry about it. Who should care if she got hurt? She's a chosen. Remember, they're the enemy, the one who has us imprisoned. No, it's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make him feel like an actual person person with a point of view and emotions about the situation. I love this whole conversation because mm -hmm. everybody feels so real and fleshed out and they feel like this is a natural, organic conversation. And again, the focus is on how people are reacting to what the frick is happening to them. Mm. Ah, in the lighting. I'm sorry. I'm just, oh, the shots. <laughs> They're so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I love this director. <laughs> Oh, I love the scene. I love it. I Again, I don't think he's right that Celine deserved this. I understand mm -hmm. what he is saying and why he feels this way and that he's calling them out like, oh, I'm not allowed to have this opinion. You know, oh, I guess she gets a pass because she was your friend. You know, like, dude, what are the rules here? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and it makes sense for, for Ned not to care about Celine because he wasn't a part of the mole rats when she was a mole rat. Mm-hmm. At least not in his point of view. And I love Alice's response when he's like, she's one of them, isn't she? And she's like, but she was one of us first. I, it's, just, it's something so earnest about that. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm, ang yeah, I, I'm angry at her. I feel betrayed by her. But that doesn't mean I don't still care about the person who was my friend and in my family. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't want her ill will. I may not want to talk to her. I may not trust her. I don't want bad things to happen to her. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I feel horrible that I played a part in that. And ah, oh, it's just, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. I'm sorry. I'm going to be doing this a lot. I apologize. <laughs> and that's, oh, but, but not even just that. I mean, if you think about it, yes, Celine's hurt. And, you know, they don't know what happened to the baby. And no one knows what happened to Ryan. But, I mean, imagine that. Knowing that Ryan might be gone and now so might be his child. Mm-hmm. can't imagine someone like Alice would care about that. I like what Ellie's like saying. that You can't blame yourself. Celine hasn't been all right for a while. It could have been any of us who set her off. And it's true. And mm-hmm. it, I do like that they're acknowledging mm-hmm. that yeah. Celine hasn't been okay for a while. You know, and you can't take the blame for where her state of mind has been. I mean, it's okay to bad that it went here, but at the end of the day, you are not at fault for some the pain that Celine has caused for herself that she's been in this place, that she got set off the way she did. And you're not wrong for being honest with her. I like when Pride says that, you know, just because someone yeah. doesn't like what you have to say doesn't mean you were wrong for saying it, you know. Yeah, I absolutely love that they touched on yeah. her mental health and that, yeah, Pride's like, you're honest. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> At least they acknowledged her mental health. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's like, oh, where has this beautiful writing been? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's odd because, like, this is the same writer we've had for a while in the past few previous blocks, but I don't know. Maybe it's the combination with the new director, but. We're suddenly getting things fleshed out. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move to onto the garden in Taisan. Uh, in what feels like a weird honeymoon period, a very content guardian showers Taisan with flowers. Please, all of this, it's not necessary. Of course it is. You must want for nothing. You must have the best. You will have the best. Ah, <sighs> this is a great day. Zoot is pleased with us. I can feel his spirit rising in me. So yeah, a few things here. Uh, what do you make of the Guardian's kind of contentment? Um, Ty San's doubts about what she's done and next, and May's motives, um, and getting closer to pride. The direction of this scene with the flowers is spot on. Like, the way he's hovering over her, he it does feel like a creepy honeymoon, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have her, she's my possession, she deserves the best, you know, and this is the way I'm honoring mm-hmm. her, so she'll see that I would do anything, you know, to, and, and it also feels like a performance. He's showing her off, you know, and, and it's even comical. Go outside and find roses and lilies? You live in New Zealand. Are they even in season, Joppa? You just told a slave to go outside and find these flowers. It, and uh, like Tyson's body language is the whole thing, how uncomfortable she is mm-hmm. with this whole thing and just holding the lily like, oh my god. <laughs> the way she keeps side-eyeing him and the way he like leans, oh my goodness, it's brilliant the way that is shot. Um, and even when she's like, I just need some rest. He's like, get out! Everybody just- <laughs> oh my goodness. Brilliant. Love it. And, and, and then he just stays there and stares at her. Yeah. Anything else I can get you, my love? Oh, like, God. Privacy away from you. <laughs> Gee. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so it's oh, great. Um, I love the scene between Tyson and May. I, I love it because, again, it speaks to, du- to the duality of May, which is one of the things that makes her so mm-hmm. interesting. I believe she's genuine, 100%. 
I want to help. I want to be a part of this. You know, again, we have always talked about how much May wants to be a part of the group. She just tends to sabotage herself and gets ostracized from the group because she screws them over. She is loving this. She is loving being a part of this rebellion. You know, she loves the accolades she gets. Hurt. She loves being useful. She feels like she's part of a team. She wants to help. I will mm-hmm. talk to your husband. I will, mm-hmm. you know, get that information to him. And, and yet, at the same time, I'm looking out for myself. I'm not going to lie about that. I want to be free. I want to be out of this situation. I don't want to be alone, though, because she could be free. She could just leave. Yeah. She has a free passport to get the frick out of there, but she doesn't want to be alone. She wants to be free, but a part of team. And yeah, the hunk, <laughs> the pussycat, I want to I want to crack at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he's a part of the rebel teams. So, right. you know, like the, the best way to get him. For May, things are looking up, you know, mm-hmm. like that's why she sees this. This is awesome. I am. Lo- she is enjoying herself doing this. I love, you know, Tyson's like those words could have come out of my mouth. Yet you said them. Why should I trust them? You know, it, it's a touch of that camaraderie. The Marats were established as having and growing and building and developing, you know, and working together with people that it's not a world where you can trust people. But sometimes you got to try if you're going to move mm-hmm. forward. And again, season one, man, mm-hmm. the vibes, the vibes yeah. are strong in this episode. Uh, oh. <laughs> it is a really great scene. I love it. And the lighting, the lighting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Liz? <laughs> in case no one heard, the lighting. Um, <laughs> it might be a while before I can praise the direction this much. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, the Costa <laughs> is long gone. So. <laughs> It feels like years since we've had such beautiful direction. Staging brings a tear to my eye. I, I love the comic timing of the Guardian as well, where he just turned to me and was like, shouldn't you be looking after the baby? <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew, Jaffa. <laughs> that baby is never being looked after, honey. Uh, yeah, when was the last time you saw her looking after the child? <laughs> she has been jailed in a playpen for weeks. Oh. <laughs> Poor Brady. <laughs> I mean, every time May manages to go outside, where's that poor kid? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's locked her in a pen and that's it. Are, are we absolutely sure they did not send Brady with Patsy? Mm. I'm telling you, she is dosing that baby with Benadryl. Oh. Nap time! <laughs> it's nap time every time. I got things to do. Uh, the other okay. chosen are like... The divine child is sleeping a lot these days. <laughs> yeah, she, she's really a divine child, a divine baby, perfect example. She sleeps so well. The hangover Brady's going to wake up with oh, when God. she finally gets out of this mall. <laughs> it's like she's not even here. <laughs> and yeah, main pride. Um, I do like the that scene. Her pretending to ask his opinion about Lex and Tyson. She's like... <laughs> And him seeing straight through that. <laughs> Another great scene. You guys notice the beautiful camera work on this? Not only is the lighting mm-hmm. amazeballs, okay? But, and the eye lighting. Uh, oh my goodness, it's so, mm-hmm. the shadow. But every time they switch back and forth between the conversation between May and Pride and Ellie and Alice. Again, very reminiscent of season one. And that they keep the shots like consistent every time you see Ellie and Alice in the background. When we're on May mm-hmm. and Pride, 
it is amazing and it's creative. They didn't have to be creative like that. And they usually aren't. But they're, 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 this director was like, no, let's take advantage of this gorgeous set. Instead of having all these close-ups, let's get some nice mm-hmm. wide shots and some angles and show it off again. And oh, Yeah, missed that. Yeah. Wow. Who knows? Maybe the director was a fan of season one. Oh, man. He was a fan of something. Yeah. Have you noticed that the amount of chosen we actually see in the background oh, in this episode everywhere. alone? It's suddenly everywhere. they're patrolling, they're walking, they're behind doors. Like, wow, yeah, <laughs> this, this is what's been missing. Just the, standing guard there. <laughs> yeah, there's a sense of space, mm-hmm. and you understand where things are within mm-hmm. the space. And <sighs> I, I thought, I thought May and Pride were very adorable together. You know, mm-hmm. um, her, her, uh, her adoration. You know. Like she's got another crush. She hasn't had one since she met Lex that night, you know, and um, it's cute. It's doomed, but it's cute. <laughs> but but them together like this, suddenly, you know, I completely forgot about this chemistry between them at this point in time. And that yeah, makes me too. I, later I stuff make much more sense. Uh, I, you can see why Pride would fall for her charms. Like May is capable of being very charming. You know, there's a lot of likability in May for all her flaws in the same way that Ebony, can, you can see why Bray, it was hard for him to give up on her entirely, you know, because there's those mm-hmm. moments that shine where you're like, they're reminding me why I ever liked this person. And uh, so the setup with May and Pride is doing the same thing. You could see why he'd be like, I do like this girl. I don't know if I could trust her, but it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> be a wild ride. And their conversation is just nice and natural and it, you know, she's so, I just, yeah, clearly I just wanted to talk to you. Like, <laughs> I, it's just, it was, it was charming, I guess. It's just charming. If you guys could just see the freaking smile on my face as I'm like, stop gushing. <laughs> we can imagine this. We can imagine. <laughs> I'm giddy. <laughs> Do you think it's going to work out? Everything's going to be fine. Promise me you're gonna look out to me, look. Promise me that. I promise. And then she ends up holding him so that she can feel safe. Yeah, panel. Um what do you think is going on once again in Celine's headspace? Um and yeah, what's your, what's your general thoughts on Luke in the this? There's a boy. He's giving her attention when she's feeling she latches on to that. Because for some reason, Celine thinks that every person that's nice to her and that happens to be male tends to like her in a different way. It's such a shame. It's such yeah. a shame because they wasted all that time with her and Ryan in season three just playing it for drama rather than ever exploring how Celine was feeling or any conflict mm-hmm. she might have been going through. They did not explore what the chosen what she believed about them. Their focus was just on what she was doing and not really what she felt about what she was doing. And so now when we're finally starting to explore her headspace, it feels a little like, uh, I'm not really sure, you know, and we shouldn't feel that Mm -hmm. way. We should be like, no, I know where headspace is because they gave it time and energy. And um, it's, again, she's having this conversation with Luke and I'm like, are, are you still trying to tell me she's brainwashed? Because you didn't give it the attention that needed. Because I'm confused about her. 
what she believes about the chosen. I still don't know why she has a problem with Tysan being supreme mother because there's no additional dialogue added where mm-hmm. Celine says, but isn't the supreme mother supposed to only be da 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 because, you know, or whatever? That would at least clue us in that, oh, she does believe in the chosen readings or the lessons or something. Instead, they mm-hmm. leave out this this context. Yeah. So it still feels like, what is your problem with Ty San being the Supreme Mother? And then she just follows it up with, it's all going to work out, right? And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I, I, I want more from yeah. what mm-hmm. either. It, I mean, granted, Celine has always been pretty bad at explaining herself. Again, season one, Celine trying to listen to her explain her situation with Bray. This is what it took me back to. I remember mm-hmm. Amber looking at her and being like, I don't know what you're trying to say to me. <laughs> Because she's bad at explaining these sort of things. Yep. And uh, her attachment with Luke, it just depressed me. But it took me back to season one, Celine. It really did. Yeah. Where I, I remember commenting on it. How sad must it be to be a person like Celine where you literally have no pillar for yourself? Mm. You have no sense of self. You need crutches just to get through the day. Like, mm-hmm. how sad that must be. And she even made a comment about how school made her safe. What did that say about her home life? You know, that the place yeah. she felt safe was at school, not home with her mother. You know, and then, of course, later we realized why. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wish Selena had been given this attention in the 10 episodes before. You know, um, I'm glad we're getting it, but I, it just leaves mm-hmm. me still confused about where her headspace is. Is she just messed up what i don't know what celine believes i don't think celine knows she can't put it into words she's what she's what alice described her as this scared little thing slithering around fearing for her life she's nothing she just she needs to believe in something and anything people will give her is better than nothing i mean this is really the first where she's even saying that she's trying to believe that what zeus says is what they should be doing like what where did that come from You've never genuinely expressed believing anything the chosen say. And now she's like, I'm, I'm trying to believe. I, I try, I want to believe that that's what Zoot wants. And it's like, why weren't they saying this earlier? So that we'd know that that was her, you know, something she was going through, believing this stuff rather than just kind of hinting that she was confused, rather, you know, like just. Mm-hmm. It would have added so much more to her and Ryan if he had to literally hear his wife saying things like, you know, well, Zoot says, you know what I mean? Like actually (laughs) expressing that she's believing some of what she's hearing and or then maybe I I don't know. It's just it's a waste. It feels like because then they they hit you with it in this episode as if we should have known all along that Celine believes in this stuff. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't handled that well. She's so small in that bed and so lost and empty and just the way she latches onto Luke again he's he's got a penis but it's it's reserved sorry Celine you know you should have stuck with pride he was right there you know but yeah. <laughs> like you can't even be kind to Celine you know I, I what, what does that tell you like how little kindness she was shown from men that the minute one sh- you know one guy nice guy shows her kindness boom you know, she latches onto him, you know, and uh, it's yeah, really sad. It's quite sad. <clears throat> yeah. The way she's clinging to him like a lifeline, it, it's so sad. 
And no, I don't know where the hospital wing uh, came from. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to know that the chosen have a medical area. It makes sense that they have one. And again, I love the lighting of it. I love that yeah. it's not huge. You know, it's just this tiny corner somewhere. I love that it actually looks like if that had been introduced to us as part of the set in season one, it would have fit right in. Whereas when they expanded them all in the beginning of season three to show all the areas the Chosen were using, none of them feel like they're a part of that building. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? You're just kind of like, where are these rooms supposed to be in the building? The hospital wing actually looks like a part of the mall set. Like Mm -hmm. it could have been around a corner. And kudos for for actually painting it in colors similar to uh, the Chosen robes and the novice robes combined. Even the lighting matches what the lighting in the mall is supposed to be. Yeah. Because so far, the place has been lit as though they have electricity all through season three, you know, until this episode where they they remember, these guys don't have electricity. (laughs) They have some windows, candles, and some solar lighting. That's all they have. And this looks like season one, the mall, you know, at night, what it would look like, how dark it was, Mm -hmm. how shadowy, the little beams of light you got from little areas. And they didn't have to put that much work into the set since they're only using it for a few episodes. And yet they did. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And since we're talking about the light, we have to talk about that light in, in the uh, Ellie and Luke scene. Beautiful. Oh, so subtle. <laughs> and nowhere, but... <laughs> Watching them walk around in the dark with that lighting. I, oh, Ellie just sitting in the dark. And what isn't that Jack's old place? You know, mm-hmm. just hiding from Luke and these feelings and the conflict and him just marching around all day trying to find her and the sense of space. Ah, like it's the apocalypse again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they remembered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the world ended. <laughs> I just think these little touches that make, make yes. the scene and make the world feel alive (laughs) so we're saying it's like it's about staging you know the thought Mm -hmm. that's put into bringing your world to life and convincing us that we're in it with these kids it makes us feel for them when we feel like we're there Mm -hmm. and like oh my gosh what that would be like you know and i love that ellie her instinct after you know feeling you know falling her stumble is to immediately try to pick herself up and back away and be like, oh, no, no, you know? And Luke is just like, yay! <laughs> She's like, get away from me! <laughs> a mention of slave labor, you know, when she talks about Alice getting all the sewing. Like, oh, you've been put to work again! <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's what you get for kissing Luke. He got to work. A little creepy that Luke doesn't have any conflict about kissing Ellie. Mm. No, he kissed an unbeliever and he liked it. <laughs> he kissed his captive and mm. thinks, "Oh, this is the start of something." Luke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so yes, I just want to start. What, what did you make of that conversation between Ellie and Alice? It's a it's a better version of all the conversations we've been getting, where Alice is literally pimping her sister out. It's a more thoughtful version mm-hmm. of all those conversations, you know, um, where again. Alice is still pushing for something that she should not be pushing her sister to do, but it doesn't feel as callous as it has in the past or as thoughtless as it has in the past. And um, Ellie, oh, Ellie just, she's, she really is killing it. She's wearing this conflict very well. And I, I feel so bad 
for her being in the position that she's in. And um, I, I'm, I, I don't have any criticisms, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just gush, 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 gush. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they just feel so human, and they feel like the sisters again. And yeah. there's a tenderness. There's a there's a friction. There's a you can see the separation happening, and it's heartbreaking all at once. Yeah, I absolutely love the falling for the wrong guy line. Good sisterly scene. <laughs> it speaks to a history and knowing each other, you know, mm. and to be able to say things that could be hurtful, but also take them in stride because you love this person and you know they love you. And uh, ugh, I got nothing bad to say. <laughs> nothing. But why must you go outside? It is a vision quest, Guardian. Zoot is calling and I must follow. Please understand. But Zoot is here, all around us. You don't need to go anywhere to find him. Guardian, we each must find our own path to Zoot. You were fortunate enough to know him, but for those of us who weren't, we must start our paths wherever we can. Though in reality, she's arranging a secret meeting with Flex. So yeah, uh, just briefly, yeah, what do you make of the plan and the quick reunion we glimpse between Tysan and Lex? Oh, she handled those guards. She handled Jaffa. Mm-hmm. Go, Tysan. You may be like out of your depth and you're winging it, but girl you are winging it well mm-hmm. at this moment in time at this moment in time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eventually the tide will wash over her but right now she she's owning the shoreline and uh I, I love the way she convinces the guardian and that tension between them and oh she's so quick-witted with the words you know and uh, she just handles herself so well and yet his possession of her like he wants to believe her but at the same time he that once you possess something, you're scared of losing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they keep the creepy vibe there, reminding you that even when he's showering her, it's again, it's a nice mirror of how he was with Trudy. One minute he would be showering her with praise and she's a secret mm-hmm. mother and nothing bad can happen to her. And he was ready to kneel to her. But the minute she stepped out of line, oh, he'd backhand her, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally, like never let her forget. I own you. You're mine. You know, and mm-hmm. seeing that same behavior with Tyson, I like that they never forget that he's an abusive psycho. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who he's dealing with, you know. And uh, and then I, I like how she handles the guards. I love the scene mm-hmm. with May sneaking into the rebel camp. Go May! I love it again. It's the uh, even the outdoor shots were reminiscent of season one, and the music sting was perfectly timed and. <laughs> Great, great. I, and I'm rooting for May to get in there and let Lex know your woman wants to talk to you. Have faith in her. <laughs> and the way she greets, oh, I, I love it. Just that one moment of peace before they have to start talking about their issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's so quick to show her joy at seeing him and reassure mm-hmm. him, like physically, you know. And uh, again, one of the reasons I do love them as a couple. And she chose just the perfect spot for this meeting. It's something very romantic about this location. Mm. Tragic and romantic. Like, where did they find this? This is gorgeous. <laughs> was a nice um, area to use. <laughs> yes. But, oh, just, you know, it's almost like a, almost a metaphor, like going through that underpass or whatever covered little 
old tracks, whatever mm-hmm. it is, she has to travel through that. She has to leave one world behind to get back to her true self, the place she really wants to be. Somebody thought this through, you know, mm-hmm. so that you could look at it and pull more from it and think about yeah. it. Because it actually looks like some sort of sacred space outside, mm. which makes sense for someone like Tyson to go to on her vision quest to, to find Zoot. But, you know, it's a believable spot, even for the guards, for Guardian. She even mentions, what could happen to me here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she handled them so well. That's right. I was like, command them. That is right, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what they expect from a Supreme Mother. You know, and it's... She's, she doesn't yeah. have to raise her voice. She doesn't have to whine. She wears the position like, I know it's important. Don't play with me. And they're like, oh, okay. So they're willing to defy the guardian to give in to her? Like, why? You go. <laughs> or you notice, like, poor Trudy, she didn't have that skill set. You know, of course, her situation yeah. was very different, you know. And so she'd often have to get loud and scream and demand to get the guards to respond to her. But whatever the guardian said, they weren't going to go against it regardless, no matter what she said, you know. And um, she just has a better skill set in handling that. Because she plays it like, I know my importance. I'm not insecure about it. How dare you doubt my importance? You know? And um, like they say, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. She does that so well. Yeah. And the, the guards are like, I, ugh, okay, what's worse? The guardian being mad at us if something happens to her. Mm-hmm. Or the guardian being mad at us that we stopped her from communing with Zoot. Crap. You know? <laughs> 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 ah. <laughs> we better not let something happen to her. I guess we better keep our head on a swivel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and do some actual guarding from around here. Um, I can't remember what happens in the next episode, but are you guys happy that the reconciliation comes so quickly? Or would you like to, it to be extended more? I like it because it shows that it's a priority for Tyson. As soon as mm-hmm. she hears, like she wants to know immediately, and she finds out that her husband is upset, her priority is to reassure him of her love. Yeah. You know, she doesn't put it on the back burner and say he'll be fine. No, she's like, I know him. He won't be okay. I need to let him know everything is okay. He needs to know what I'm doing. You know, he needs to know I love him. And she knows he will not be okay, but she also knows he can do rash, stupid things when right. he's not okay. And out of her love, she wants to protect that from happening. Mm-hmm. And. So it didn't bother me because of what was motivating it, you know, and who she's thinking about. It is Lex. (laughs) Like, she does need to get on this quickly. And, uh, yeah, the most important thing to her is making sure that her, like, she really, you know, my husband was hurt. I denounced him in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And I need him to know I didn't mean a word of it. I need him to know that. And that is the first thing I'm focusing on doing. And so it didn't bother me. And I was glad it happened. Especially since it's not all wine and roses. You know, they do argue in the next episode and have to hash things mm-hmm. out. And she still ends up having to do something that's going to piss him off for his own yep. good, you know. And this moment works for me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. Celine, what is it? <laughs> My baby. I've lost my baby. <laughs> so yeah, that's quite dramatic for a, a teen show. Uh, what did you make of that final scene? 
honestly, I felt horrible. I know it's Celine, but it's not something you'd wish on your worst enemy, you know? I agree. That's how I felt, too. I don't like Celine. I think she's a garbage person, and I think many people are better off without her in their life. I would not wish this on her. Mm. You know, I would not wish this pain on her. And again, Victoria plays it so mm-hmm. well. The heartbreak, just the immediate knowing yeah. what's wrong, the way she calls for Luke, Luke, help me, you know, and she's alone. She did this to herself, but she's alone. And when this happens and it's just like she's alone and Ryan isn't there. And that's her fault, too. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm. ah, the hole she has dug for herself is just, it's such an ugly place. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I felt for her. It was, it was a very heartbreaking scene. I've lost my baby. It's all she was holding on to, you know, like it was the way she was able to rationalize everything she was doing yeah. and be like, as long, you know, everything's going to work out. I just stay this way. And then she's just like Ryan losing all the, everything he was living for. Mm-hmm. And it's just karma smacking her back in the face. This is what you did to him. And now it's being done to you tenfold. Yep. And an innocent life is snuffed out. Now, again, I do not believe that anything like Celine did physically cause this, you know, nothing she did. It was just a tragic accident could have happened at any time given their mm-hmm. living situation but just knowing that that is what she's thinking that is what she's going to feel yeah. that i did this i i messed up and i lost my child it's my fault rather than just biology babe yeah it's it's all the what if i hadn't run what if i hadn't joined the chosen all the things that will be going through her head it's it's heartbreaking i think it's given the gravity it deserved mm-hmm it's not mean-spirited. Um, it, it's not like, ha-ha, look what we're doing to Celine because she's such a horrible person. It, it remembers that she's still a human being. And um, this is a horrible situation for anybody to go through. The light is so stark on her, too. She's the only thing lit mm-hmm. up in that room. It's just like a beam of light. She's being focused on by the universe. You know, it's punctuated and just alone, laying there and then just waking up in pain. And knowing exactly what that pain means. And who knows how long it took for Luke to get to her. Like these can, miscarriages sometimes can take a while. So we don't know mm-hmm. how long she laid there in pain, feeling her body reject mm-hmm. this embryo before Luke got there to offer her any comfort. Nobody came. You know what I mean? Like, ay, yay, yay. This is up there with Lex having to dig Zandra out of a burnt out building and bury her. Yeah. Like he treated her like trash, but this isn't something I think he deserved to have to experience. So well done, director and writer. And kudos. We finally feel sorry for Celine. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it took a dramatic thing to happen. It was really sad thing to happen. Yeah. Now we're finally actually feeling pretty sad for her. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos for putting it in a kid's show and remembering that it is okay to challenge your audience with your subject matter and be thoughtful about it. Rather yeah, because than yeah, feeding it, them everything and dangling keys. Exactly. And this is something that kids can have happen around them with siblings and, you know, with other people in, in their lives. You know, it's just not very often something like this gets shown 
to an audience uh, that at the age that, that this was aimed at. Yeah. So well done. And once again, they're leaning on their, um, their what I guess Ray tends to do is uh, when he does make a character horrific to everybody for whatever reason, if he, he wants to get on that redemption arc, he and the writers are like, well, we have to torture them beyond reason before we can get the audience back on board with them. And I mean, Celine did some horrible things. We watched her literally torture a good man for how long? The, mm-hmm. How you redeem her? You have to take her to the lowest point. Same thing with Trudy. You're going to have her betray all her friends. You got to watch her be tortured before the audience will be like, okay, that's enough. You know what I mean? Like, let the girl, like, let's move on. You know, let her be free. Let her kid back. Lex, he was a monster in season one. What do we do? We take everything from him. Every reason he'd have to live. Rip it from him so he can have his redemption arc. You know? So it's Celine's turn. It did really make me wonder, though, how far down the rabbit holes he'd go from here. I think if her storyline had been done a little better, and I actually believed the whole time that Celine was starting to fall into the chosen beliefs, yeah, I would feel the same way at this point. I'd be like, oh, this is it. She's going to completely spiral. That's it. You know, that's it for her. I don't know if she'll be able to come back from this trauma, you know, but because they didn't do a great job with that, it's it's more like, I I really have no idea. I didn't have any clue where she was going to go. But there are many, many rabbit holes she could have gone. I guess we'll see how Celine interprets. Yeah. See how she interprets this. Mm-hmm. It is a gut punch to the whole baby storyline, though. When you think about where this started mm-hmm. and all of the shenanigans that she pulled. Yep. Wow. No happy ending for you, sweetie. You're you racked up too many bad karma points. Mm-hmm. Poor Ryan as well. He can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will like never know. Never know what's happened. Um, so sad all around. Yeah, just heartbreaking ending to that entire storyline. Because this is the ending of really kind of the ending of everything that was her and Ryan. This baby was the last yeah. of that storyline. And the book is closed. It's done. Mm-hmm. And Ryan and Celine Shippers, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine shipping those two, loving them, rooting for them through everything? Since season one, and this mm-hmm. is the ending of your their story. Like, ouch! <laughs> I don't think we get a more cruel ending to such a long-running storyline that mm. the audience might have just been super invested in. Like, I think this might be the cruelest end, aside from maybe Siva's, but this is a three-season sort of thing. So, I think this one takes top billing for just how mm-hmm. ouchies ouchies i don't think any else thing i don't think any of the other storylines top it yeah. like again if you were invested in these two like if you're not you're you know i, but d- if, I don't know the way bray and ember eventually end no i, I just don't feel like that's a, it that one's left with hope he may have disappeared but she's yeah, fine the baby's fine and there's always hope she might find him but this yeah, door is Close. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. That brings series three, episode twenty-five, to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page, on our website, or on Instagram, thetribe.co.uk. 
So we'll see you next time for episode 26. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.